Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, we'll look in um, verse 7, the scripture we read last Sunday night. It said, For we walk by faith... And not by sight. Hallelujah. And then the Amplified of that we read last week says, For we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Therefore, thus we walk or live not by sight or appearance. And so last week we looked at this a little bit and go through to Romans, the first chapter. So a few things we'll add tonight and, and uh, see where we go from there. But Romans, the first chapter. This is the description. This is how God sees us. This is the lifestyle that he would have us to live. It's on a walk and a life that's done by faith and not by sight. We said last week, there's a lot of things vying for your attention. Amen. Even tonight, there are things vying for your attention. You can be in a service where you're in the presence of God, worshiping him, and then you sit down and other things and start vying for your attention. But so important that we not live by those things, by outward things, but we are directed and motivated by our faith. Amen. It says here in Romans, uh, the, the first chapter, another uh, reference to this, and we'll just look in the, in the 15th verse. It says, so as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Christ? No. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. I tell you, this gospel we have, it is the power of God. You know, that's why we don't want to look to other things, because it's not the power of God. Our feelings, our emotions, circumstances, whatever they are, now feelings, emotions, those things are great, but they're not the power of God. They're not the difference between life and death. They don't cause somebody to come into eternal life. They're not the power of God to salvation. They're just external things, right? In a scripture that I didn't read last week, and I'll just uh, refer to it real quickly, but uh, in Second uh, Corinthians, you just hold there, uh, stay where you are, but in Second Corinthians chapter 4, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, you know, the things we see a lot of times that surround us are afflictions. What's an affliction? It's just something that just harasses you, Right? It says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at those things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. And it tells us why. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so, you know, this, this gift of salvation, this gospel that we, that we live, uh, and this faith that we're to walk out, we do it because it is the power of God to sell unto salvation because the things we see are temporary, but this is eternal. Do you realize this truth you have is eternal? Do you know that? What you have, we are really privileged. You think about it. I mean, I, I showed the video, you know, a couple of years ago, I think it was of uh, uh, believers in China, you know, getting their first Bible. You, you remember that? Just a short little clip, clip and uh, uh, they had a, you know, a crate and they brought in, if you didn't see it, and you can look it up on YouTube and, Thank God for YouTube, right? YouTube, learn you can learn to do anything on YouTube, right? Uh, but uh, they brought this uh, crate of Bibles, this box of Bibles in, and people were getting in China, getting the first Bible they had ever owned. 
And uh, some of them didn't even want to open it, didn't want to even break the seal on the cover of it because it was just so precious, this word they had. And you've got that. I mean, most of us have got several copies. I about you, but I've got multiple copies in the house, in the office. They're everywhere, right? We have devices that have untold numbers of translations and different wordings, things. We are really, really blessed. And uh, something that, that, well, you know this is true. The scripture says this, but to whom much is given, much is required. And, uh, you know, it's important that we, that we take advantage of what's been given to us. And uh, it's something that is an ongoing every day. Why are you laughing? Oh, sucker punched you. Sorry. Uh, but we, we have, we've been given much. And uh, I, I believe that, that uh, you know, the things that have been afforded us and the opportunities we have and the blessings we have, uh, the Bible says the blessings of the Lord make one rich, but if we're not careful, it can also make us lazy. Amen. Uh, it's the truth, you know, uh, our blessings can make us, uh, can make us rich and, and our, the blessings the Lord has made it have, has, has made us rich. I mean, we are blessed people, but can also make us, uh, easily content and lethargic and, uh, complacent. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that the enemy uses to steal the word Jesus referred to it was the good life. And, uh, even in the midst of lots of opportunity, uh, if we're not careful, uh, we can fall short in things. And so, you know, we, we need to contend for this. And, and um, I just trust that will minister to you. But it's truth, you know. There's a lot of promises in the Word, but there's also a lot of warnings in the Bible as well. I, I appreciate Pastor talking about the, the giving the warnings and teaching on the balance of prosperity, the warnings there. Because, uh, if, you know, if you're not aware of things, um, uh, you know, it can, it can kind of come up and slap, slap you upside the face. And uh, the truth is the Lord will require of us uh, to know these things. He'll require of us to walk in these things. He'll require us, not just ministers who preach them, but he'll require of us uh, to understand and acknowledge and be aware of and be mindful of these things because we've been given. The Bible says we've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. That means you are equipped to do whatever God has called you to do, not just uh, 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 in in terms of service to the Lord, but also in terms of uh, walking out your relationship with God. And, and you know, there's a difference, right, than, than just doing what God's called you to do. You have a personal assignment to know him. Yes. Yes. You know, you do have that assignment to know him. That's why the opportunities like tonight, you know, you should be thankful uh, to, to go to a church where uh, opportunity is given to just minister to the Lord. And, and the truth is, you know, uh, tonight we could have gone further. Amen. We could have gone further tonight. We could have, we could have gone deeper than we did. Uh, I'm not saying the Lord's not pleased. He's pleased with us, but we can, we can always go deeper. We can always go further. But what is the thing that limits us in our, our relationship or our experience, or our encounter with him? It's not him. It's us. I mean, I'm always reminded of the scriptures in Genesis, you know, before the foundations of the earth, that the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. Even when, uh, uh at the time the earth was not uh, was not in a good place. Even then, we weren't even here. There was nothing here, just the, the expectation of us. He's hovering over the face of the deep. Even with the thought of what was coming and the, the knowledge of, of, of you and I sitting here tonight, all these years later, he was already excited and prepared. Ever gone on a trip or had a vacation? I'm like this anytime it's winter comes around, you know, and, and I'm getting ready to go skiing. I mean, but you have your own deal you can relate to. But for me, it's time to go skiing. I mean, 
the day, the week before, I mean, the month before, six months before, I mean, I'm thinking about it, right? To be honest with you, I start getting the itch as soon as the heat starts to cool off just a little bit. You have like a little day of cool weather in August. I start, I start thinking about, oh, slushing down hills. I mean, I literally, I do. I start, I start thinking about it. People like to hunt, you know, and hunting season starts rolling around. I mean, now that I've gotten a little taste of that, I know what that's, I, I understand it. You're like, oh, okay, all right, we're, it's coming around. Well, we get excited about these things, and, and Pastor Mama says, I'm useless the last week before we go on uh, a trip. I'm just a complete useless person. I shouldn't be in the office then the week before. So, y'all heard it here. I shouldn't even be here. So, uh, yes, uh, I'll just leave early. Um, but, you know, you get, you get excited about things. Well, think God was doing the same thing about you. He was doing the same thing about the human race being here, even with all of its issues and our issues that we've had and shortcomings. And he was still excited about that and just looking for the opportunity. Do you think there's any limitation to how far we can go in our walk with God while we're here? I'm not saying that, oh, yeah, we get to heaven, Pastor Greg. I get that. No, while we're here, there's really no limitation. There's no limitation. The only thing, as far as on God's end, there's no limitation. Let's, let's be accurate. There's no limitation on his end because he's ready. It's on our end. And so whenever we're satisfied, that's when we, we can shut that thing down or quit pursuing. And, um, and so, you know, I don't know what I, where I was going with all that, but, um, you know, this walk of faith really is how we approach everything. Your walk with God, your assignment in life, your relationship with him, your, your pursuit of Jesus, your understanding of the word, all of these things, uh, um, uh, it, it's, it's to be a pursuit of ours. Amen? It says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Now, notice this isn't for everyone. It's just for those who believe. Right? Um, you know, like it is with anything. It's, not, it's, not, it's, it's available to everyone, but it's not for everyone. It's the power of God of salvation for those who believe, not just for those who hear it. It's for those who actually believe it, right? It's the power of God of salvation for everyone who believes, for, uh, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, I like what the Amplified says of verse 17. It says, for in the gospel... A righteousness which God ascribes is revealed. When I read that this week, I was looking at that and looked at it here in, in, this, uh, in the Amplified, like I said. And it says, for in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed. That tells me there's different righteousness or manners of righteousness that are out there. Uh, um, there is a, there is, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death, right? I mean, there is a way of... Uh, doing things. Paul talked about his own righteousness. He counted it as filthy rags, right? That there are different uh, um, uh, levels of being right with him. There are different meanings of that. There are all kinds of different things that people come up with, but there is one that God ascribes. And remember, the things that are here are temporary, but the things that, that of faith, the things of, of, of the kingdom of God are eternal. And so his version of righteousness is the one that will last forever, Men's ideas of what it means to be righteous, those things will fade, and they have changed. In my lowly years of life, I have seen a lot of what's, what is right change. I've seen definitions of what it means to be godly or to be right. That has been altered even in the years that I've been alive. Can anybody witness to that? I mean, these things are always changing. And, you know, um, truth doesn't change with, with uh, culture. Truth doesn't change with time. 
truth doesn't change with pressure. Truth doesn't change with what's convenient. Truth doesn't change with technology. I mean, it doesn't change that truth is truth. Um, but, you know, we like to, people like to uh, approach truth as something that's relative to where they're at, relative to what's going on. Well, truth is truth, but it's based upon his version of truth. That's the one that's eternal. And so for, the God, for in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed. You're not going to find it anywhere else. You know, we're not going to find that anywhere else but in the gospel. And um, like I said, we're so blessed to, to have this opportunity. I forgot to start my clock here. We're so blessed to have this. So none of that counted. Uh, we're so blessed uh, to have the, uh, yes, uh, <laughs> relax, um, to have the opportunities that we, that we have. And, and, I, and I, on Wednesday night, you know, I was, was talking with the teenagers and, and I'm going off on a bunch of rabbit trails. I'm not even getting to what I was going to talk about. But, uh, you know, um, in the gospel, this righteousness has been revealed. And he's going to hold us responsible for that. He's going to hold us responsible for those things. And and um, I'm reminded of Brother Hagin. You know, uh, uh, he told the story of uh, he was ministering on something and somebody came up to him. I don't remember the exact details of uh, right off the top of my head of what it was. But. He was ministering something, and somebody came to him and said, well, you know, God's going to hold you accountable for what you said tonight. And he said, no, God's going to be account- hold you accountable for what you heard tonight. He just flipped it on him. He, he did the sucker punch, you know, just flipped it on him. And, and yeah, as ministers, we're responsible for those things. And uh, we're responsible how, as ministers, we're responsible for how we present them. Uh, if, they're, if they're fair or if they're truthful, if they're balanced, uh, we're responsible to make sure that we don't put in our own personal opinion in things and, and try to uh, color things. Now, you know, anytime you hear something from a minister, uh, this is true of anybody, Pastor, I, I, I don't want to say he agrees, but I would assume it's going to be colored by them a little bit, by their personality, and be, uh, say, colored. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sound a little different, maybe, depending upon who the person is, just like um, that's why it's important to be open to every person who comes through. If they get the opportunity to, to minister, be open because we want different presentations of things or, or phrasings of things because what would work, what work, what would work for one person may not work for the other, may not connect rather for one, but something that, uh, uh that one would say, even in an offhand way, uh, that would help somebody else connect, you know? And so, um, but anyway, uh, um, you know, we're responsible as a, as a minister to present these things in a balanced way and in light of the word and uh, uh, to do the very best that we can. And uh, I know one minister, somebody complained to, to him and said, you know, um, you're not, uh, you're not, um, what, how they say, he said, you're not ministering the whole counsel of God. And the minister, you know, looked back and said, I don't even know the whole counsel of God. What are you talking about? You know, and neither do you. And, and, uh, and none of us know everything. So as ministers, we're required that. But on a personal level, I'm required to walk these things out just like you are. And in my personal life, I don't have anything extra that you don't have. It's the same thing. I mean, God's not a respecter of persons, and so he's not going to give one an advantage that you don't have. We all have the same advantage, and it's the Holy Spirit alive on the inside and his word, right? And so if we pursue that, we'll grow, right? But he's going to hold us accountable for these things. And so that's why it's so important that... that and y'all are here on a Sunday night, so I'm preaching to the choir, right? That's why it's important that we're here. But it's also important we're here when we're here. No matter who's up here, we're here. No matter who's up here, that you're where you're supposed to be, 
And, and not just seeing that as an individual, but seeing that as someone that the Lord has appointed for that moment to bring a word and to say what needs to be said. And if you'll be open to that, you won't be, uh, if you'll stay open to that, you won't let the other thing, maybe a different phrasing, get you off course. You'll be able to get the truth behind it because the Spirit will reveal and confirm those things, right, that are being said. So we're held responsible for those things. Uh, I was listening to somebody this week and they made the comment, you know, when I, when I'm running, uh, some people like to listen to music. I listen to podcasts. And so it's, but I do it at time and a half speed. There's the trick. If you're going to listen to a podcast, some, some administering, I do it at one and a half times the normal speed. That way I don't slow down. So, uh, uh, you know, cause some people talk faster than others, right? Amy has gotten on to me, said, I'm talking too fast. So I'm trying to slow, slow down everyone. But, um, so I listened to it at time and a half, you know, when I, when I'm running. And so they were talking and, and, uh, I mentioned this on Wednesday night next door. And, and he said, you know, yeah, the Lord's going to hold you accountable for what you hear, but he was somewhat of a specific, um, they're having specific meetings at their church. And the first time they did it, uh, the Lord told them to, to have meetings on a certain subject. And the first time they did this, nobody showed up. I mean, most of his church stayed home. They just weren't there. How often do we, when something doesn't sound like something we want to hear, we just want to, the, the temptation to just stay away? Hey, right. We've been there before, right? And uh, people just stayed away in droves. And so he was like, he was kind of ministers. We, we, we evaluate things. And so he was like, all right, did I miss it? You know, what's the problem? And, and you know, people weren't here. I mean, did, apparently nobody at my church wants to hear this. And so... Did I make a mistake? And the Lord said, no, you did what I told you to. And he said, the people who weren't even there, because they could have been there, but they chose not to be there, I'm going to hold them accountable for what was said, even though they didn't, weren't even there to hear it. Think about that. That when we don't show up or we show up, but we don't really show up, he actually is still holding us accountable for the things that were ministered, even though we made the decision to not hear it, for whatever the reason is. I mean, you know, we, we should be aware of these things, because... Uh, and when he said that, I thought, well, I've never really looked at it that way. When you have an opportunity, there are some times where you can't be there because there's something legitimate. And I believe the grace of God would cover that and he'll help you. But if it's an excuse, or let's say this way, you just cho- we choose, and we all have done this, choose to put something else in a greater place of priority than him. Right? I mean, you know, football season is almost here. And you know me, I love football. I love college football, right? But... Uh, I'm not as big of a fan of pro football, but a lot of people will stay home because the game, the team they love are playing during Sunday night service. Well, you know, it's an important thing if you love it. You know, if I miss a game, it it bothers me. That's why I DVR them. I record them. I go back and watch them maybe twice or three times. But, um, uh, you know, it may be something important, but we prioritize things. And so, uh, so, you know, it's important that we put the proper, proper priority on the word of God. Uh, because it's the power of God into salvation. And so whatever area in every area of life that the word is ministered, it's, there's power there to be redemption and life and healing and advancement and help and supply for whatever that area is of your life. And so we have to make the decision to be there. God lets us make that decision as far as what we hear and how we hear it. Right. And uh, so it's an important thing. Uh, but going back to uh, the scripture says for in the gospel, the amplified, a righteousness, which God ascribes as revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith. So our faith uh, can cause us to walk into a, a greater faith or to a more developed area of faith, let's say it that way, disclosed through the way faith, uh, disclosed through the way of faith that arouses more faith. You know, as you learn to, um, if, as you learn the character of Jesus, 
Have you learned, as you learn who he is, it helps you to trust him more in other areas. And uh, uh, that's why every battle, every opportunity you have to live by faith is an opportunity to help you to live by faith in another area. There's not a single area that you cannot overcome or live by faith in. It doesn't matter what it is. You can live by faith if you will learn, even in the ones that seem impossible, if you'll live to consistently live in faith in the areas that are easier for you and make a purpose to put the word first and to trust in him, those things will help you to learn how to live in faith in those other areas as well. Because there will be things that will challenge you, but as you are faithful to live by faith in this area, it'll spur you on in that area. So our faith can cause us to move from faith to faith. And it goes on to say, as it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. And so it's not just uh, this gospel that has the power uh, to cause us to live, but it brings, we're justified through our faith, but also it's the pattern with which we live our life. It is possible to have faith to be justified or to be righteous and not exercise that same faith to live righteous. It's possible to have, have faith, to hear the word, to have faith, to be righteous and to actually enter into righteousness but yet not live a lifestyle consistent of that righteousness. And so you don't live righteous, even though you are righteous positionally, your walk isn't righteous, right? It's possible to do both. It's possible to have one or the other, but we're supposed to have both. And so the gospel is the power of God for this, for this in our lives. It is the thing that will keep us set it, uh, uh, settled and done. Just like when you're born again by faith, everything we do is to be done by faith. And just, you know, this week, me looking at it, it's causing me to evaluate it. What am I doing? Am, am I treating this area? Am I living according to faith? Am I, am I this area? Am I doing that according to faith? The, you know, we don't get an, a pass on any area. We don't get a free pass in any area. I, well, I can do this, 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 and this one. But this area, I'm going to choose to live by sight. No, he wants us to live by faith in every single area of our life, right? So those people agree this is true you know, where, where salvation is concerned, but... Uh, what about living by faith where it comes to concern where getting your bills paid? Are you living by faith in that area? We can have, people say amen and, 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 you know, we can get into the habit of just saying amen, but not really checking our hearts. Amen. That's right. That's right. But really not looking to see, is it an amen or is it a, so be it, right? I mean, are we just saying that or is it actually factual? You know, are we living that we should work? Pastor's been talking about finances and you should work. If you don't work, you don't eat. So we know that, uh, that you need to put your hand to something. He will bless what you put your hand to. So we do need to be busy, but it's real easy to uh, put our trust in and have faith in our action or our labor and get our faith off of him that he supplies grace to the labor that we're doing, right? And so it's important that, you know, when, when, when things come up, is our first tendency to think, well, I need to get another job. I've been there before. Well, a situation arises, well, I guess I need to go out and find some extra work. Well, if the Lord tells you to get extra work, that's one thing. But that shouldn't be our go-to. Our go-to should be, what does the word say? What is the scripture saying? Am I doing my part of it? Because, you know, it's always good to look back. Am I doing my part? Am I, am I qualifying myself, right? Because the truth is what you believe you're going to do. And if you don't really believe it, you're not going to do it. And so I have to evaluate, am I, am, do I really believe this? And, and 
uh, Jesus said, you know, a tree by its fruits. I'm going to look at that tree in my life and I'm going to see what kind of fruit does it have. I'm going to, what, what, what are, what, what's being produced. And so, uh, am I doing my part? Uh, and then Lord, what would you have me do beyond that? And so oftentimes it's easy just to make our own decision on how things are based on what looks right at the time, instead of referring to what the scripture says and let the spirit of God lead us. Uh, that's not an, that's not a, uh, that's not a description of a life of faith. He shouldn't be option three or four or five where we, after we've exhausted all the other options that we go to him. And it's easy to get caught up in that because yeah, there's some natural ability that we have and yes, we do our part, but when something uh, presents itself that, 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 that is an opportunity to trust God or trust in ourselves, always rely on him, look to him and then do what he tells you. Oftentimes he'll instruct you to do something He'll instruct you of action to take. And if you don't take that action, then you're being disobedient. And so then the answer doesn't come because you didn't obey, right? But go to him first. And so in our finances, are we living by faith in our finances? Are we living by faith in our bodies when symptoms arise? If our first inclination is to get, to go to Lord Advil, right? Uh, uh, If that's our first inclination is to run to Lord Claritin, Allergy season's coming up. I don't know when allergy is. Allergy, it's Florida. It's probably always allergy season, right? Okay. Uh, that can be our go-to, and you can learn a habit. Really, you are who, what your habits, who your habits are making you to be. And so you can be a habit of running to him, or you can be in a habit of running to other things. And you can say or think or even convince yourself you're living by faith because you're a, a, attesting to something or saying something verbally, but your actions are doing something else. Where it comes to our salvation, our faith must be in him. Our actions, now there are works unto salvation. There are things that we're supposed to do with our faith. And so that are byproducts of what we believe. But we're not justified by faith or, or, or by works. We're justified by faith. And so you have, to, you have to know that, listen, I don't care how great you are. It's not good enough if that's what you're relying on. But it goes back to what are you relying on? What are you trusting in? We'll, we'll look at this a little bit later, but that really, that is what faith is. It's trust. It is trust. People live by faith every single day. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's not a confusing thing. It's not something that, that is just Christianese or church talk. People live by faith every single day. You know how to live by faith. I don't care what, have you ever had the, the thought pop in your head, this faith thing is living by faith is too tough. I just don't get it. Some people are like, I'm not nodding my head. I never think thoughts like that, Pastor Greg. Oh, yes, you do. You need to repent for lying in your head, right? We have all thought thoughts, had the, the thought come, right? You know, this, this faith stuff, this living by faith, it's difficult. It, what is it? It, it is a, it's, it's, the, it's a lie of the enemy to, give, to get you to give up. And to trust in the unseen, which has no power, versus trusting in the gospel, which is the power unto salvation. Not a power, it is the power unto salvation. It's an attempt to get you to abandon faith or trust in God's word. It's an attempt to get you to abandon it. And a lot of times he'll even take the pressure off 
Listen, our adversary is no joker. He's no fool. He'll even take the pressure off to think for us to get used to doing things in our own ability and not learning to trust in him to kind of sucker us in to a lifestyle where we get ourselves so separated from understanding how this works and being comfortable and having our faith produce more faith or encourage us to trust him even more, right? To get us where our trust gets more in ourselves and not in him. When we're trusting in ourselves more and more every day, then we're vulnerable, right? Then we're vulnerable. And I, and this is totally a side thought, but people say, how did, how did this, how did the Lord allow this to happen? You ever had that thought before? How did the Lord allow this to happen? He didn't allow it to happen. Let, let, let's boil it down. Now you can say he did allow things to happen. He, you know, the Lord allows things to come our way, but really we're the ones who allowed it because all authority was given him and then he transferred that to us. And what we do with what we believe and how we think about things and how, where we put our trust, we're allowing them. A lot of times when bad things happen, it's not something that was a, an isolated event. It's been in the works for years, Right? If a person, you know, uh, has a heart attack, that's not something that just happened all, all of a sudden. That's been something that's been in the work for years. Arteries don't get clogged in about 30 seconds, right? I went, I, you know, Pastor Greg, I finally, I, I went to that there McDonald's down the road. I've never eaten there my whole life. I went there, ate one Big Mac, and my arteries clogged. That does not happen, right? It's a, li- it's a lifestyle of choices, and, and compromise on this or that, or people don't like the word compromise, a decision to, to, to value something else or put their trust somewhere else or to ignore this or that. It's a, it's a life. It's a progressive thing. The grace of God keeps us from eating one Big Mac and it clogging our, our arteries, right? He has set up things in our body to work in such a way that it doesn't come back overnight that, or, or, or payday doesn't hit immediately. A lot of people have this idea that I, I want, I want what, oh, what, what, uh, what, what I'm, what's, what am I saying? Do y'all know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know either. I, I, I want what I deserve. No, you don't. No, 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 no. If you ever get in the place where you want what you deserve, you better back that truck right up because you do not want what you deserve. And a single individual that really wants what you deserve. You may, there may be a little item you think you want right now, but it, listen, it, it's got to play across the board every way. Right? I mean, it's got, it's got to play out everywhere. It's the grace of God that payday doesn't come immediately. So don't get so bent out of shape just because something doesn't just happen that you're believing for right away. Don't let time be, become your problem because you're not letting time be your problem in other areas. Right? We're okay with things taking a while in one area, but we're not okay with things taking a little while in another area. Testing where our faith produces patience in our life. It said you have need of endurance. Those are not dirty words. Those are good things. Right? It develops well-formed maturity in you. We need some mature people. As a, as a person, we don't get mature. We don't grow up by getting everything what we, what we want. We mature by learning how to, how to say no right now and live for the future. That's when somebody matures, isn't it? They're not like the Cheeto commercial telling crazy jokes. They learn how to refrain the Cheez-Its commercial, right? Cheez-Its. I don't eat that stuff. Uh, the Cheez-Its commercials, you know, uh, telling the crazy jokes. no. You mature by learning how to keep your mouth shut, right? You mature by, 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 by how to can, learning to control yourself. Well, we have to learn how to control these things and, and respond the proper way to stuff. Amen. I'm all over the place tonight. 
uh, but that's all right. Uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, how we get our bills paid, get our body healed. If we just run to Lord Advil, you know, uh, not saying there's anything wrong with Advil. We've got Advil at the house. They don't pick at me or send me, you know, articles on the virtues of Advil. We have an Advil bottle at the house, right? So relax. But my point is it shouldn't be our go-to all the time, right? You know, faith to faith. Why are these things such a big deal? Because, you know, when the sniffle approaches or I Brother Hagen always saying, you know, I haven't, he said, what, I haven't had a headache in 50 years. It's been, I haven't had a headache in 50 years. And you think, he hasn't had a headache. Ever heard him say that? And you think, that man hasn't had a headache in 50 years. I mean, come to my house for 20 minutes. You're going to have a headache, right? I mean, just invite Brother Hagen over. You're probably going to have a headache. I mean, it's ah, craziness, right? So he must live in just a perfect, sterile environment and, and just, just lifeless, like you and Lizzie's house, just lifeless and sterile. Listen, you go there, you're going to get a headache too, right? He said, I've never had a headache, but he said, I've had the opportunity to have a headache. That means that, that symptoms of a headache, what is a symptom? It's a sign of something. So a lot of times we buy stuff, we trust in symptoms, which is the things which are seen, the things we feel. We have so much faith in them that even a hint of something, we jump on it and respond to it. What do we do? We just gave that thing life in our body. We just gave it permission to do something. Instead of responding with the word, whether it be fear or anxiety or just run into Lord Advil, whatever it is, um, I said, I'm not against Advil, but I'm talking about is the, the immediate response to just respond in the natural instead of checking our hearts on things. What would the Lord have me to do? Now, it doesn't mean you have to spend 30 minutes in prayer to figure that out. Just what do you know? And if you don't know, then find out because God holds you accountable for that. You should find out what this stuff is. And one little thing like that, you learn how to respond to that and how to ignore when the signs or symptoms of thing, or the, like Brother Hagin said, I sure had a good opportunity to get many. They try, would try to come on me. He would just resist those things. Well, how did he live healthy for all those years? Because he learned how to handle those. He didn't just run to the natural and other things. He ran to God's word first and foremost. And so when other things would try to come their way, I mean, Brother Hagin only got in trouble when he got into disobedience. Right? And, and, you know, and, and we're not speaking about of Brother Hagin because we've all disobeyed. And it's the grace of God that, that we all haven't been in similar conditions, right? But uh, I remember one time he, you know, was having some heart issues. And it went back to because he had been in disobedience. And I'm not saying you're in disobedience because you got something going on. You all understand what I'm saying. We get all gets all upset all the time. And we see people there, Pastor Greg. No, I'm not saying that. The, de- the devil's a jerk, right? The devil's a jerk. He's just a big old jerk. It's what he is. And in the end, God's going to hold him responsible for every single bit of it, right? So, you know, let's not get all upset about what some people are saying about each other. But we also have to know that if we'll learn to resist those things when something else comes our way, then we can also resist that because we've learned how to trust him. It takes practice to learn how to trust things. I trust my wife, but I trust her the way I do because I've learned to trust her. The first time I met her, I was interested, but I didn't trust her, right? I didn't know anything about her. And I came home and told mom and dad that I'm going to marry that girl. (laughs) But I didn't know anything about her, right? Now, you learn, you get to know somebody, it takes some time to develop some trust. I mean, if you've been married for a few years, you look at your spouse and you can say that your trust to them has grown over the years, if it hadn't, you got a problem, 
right? And, and you need to make some adjustments, but, but trust is it, progressive, our ability to trust. And so it is a blessing where you have opportunities to use our faith, see it for what it is. It's a blessing to have that annoying person at work that, that they moved and sat right next to your desk. That is a blessing. Are you listening to me? That's a blessing. Instead of trying to pray them away, how about you learn to respond to them the right way? I'm going to believe God they get transferred. How about you just believe God you grow up? Right? And learn how to walk in love a little bit. And to be an example of what it means to love Jesus and show the love of God to somebody instead of trying to get them fired. Right? That's right. I'm still working on this guy. Transfer him, Lord. Transfer him. Uh, my guy so annoying. Um, but see, even stuff like that, how often do people respond that way? They respond with some kind of external deal. Even they even put, they even think it's godly because they're going to believe God to do something instead of checking their heart. Do you see how easy it is to think we're living by faith in area? We're really not. We're taught, we're responding with Christian ease faith, but we're doing it by being led by the natural. We're doing it by being led by the things we see, the things we feel. We're being, we're being led by our emotions. Our believing shouldn't be dictated by our emotions, Right? Now, I am not somebody that's anti-emotions. God made us with emotions. God himself has emotions. We shouldn't be robots. Walking by faith, hallelujah. No, we should not be that way. A lot of people think if you're going to be a faith person, you have to just cut all that off. Listen, Jesus wept when people died. When John the Baptist died, he wept. He didn't say, well, next stop, boys. He didn't do that. He wept. Right? And the crowd at, were, were hassling him, coming after him. And he, he then made a decision to do something. He had compassion on them, but he still was in a place where his emotions were affected by it. Your emotions are great. Just don't let them run your life. He had the opportunity to say, guys, I can't do what, I'm, what you need right now. I'm too upset. He's our example, isn't he? He lived by faith. Even, even in this situation, it was a, a terrible thing that happened. He didn't say, I'm too upset to do anything. He let his faith motivate him to minister to them. But he still, he did, his, he still his emotions affected him. He just wasn't dictated by them. There's a difference there. We let our emotions push us around. So are we living by faith in these areas? Right? Are we living by faith? Pastor's been talking about, you know, uh, our giving. Are we living by faith or are we reacting to something else? I mean, these are things we have to look at. The truth is he's looking at those things. He knows those things. And no matter how good we talk, how good of a game we talk, if it's not a faith, it's sin. Isn't that rough to hear? Then they kind of sting a little bit. And anything that's not of faith, that's sin. You know, that's Bible, right? I mean, if it's not of faith, it's sin. That, is that just me or does that hurt anybody? Just a little sting. Just, a, that's a little bit of a, ah, I don't like that one. So how much sin do we have to deal with in our life? That's why we never get a big head. Oh, I have arrived. The moment you have arrived, you're in sin. You are wallowing in sin, right? Oh, I got this. I, I got this. <laughs> you better watch out, brother. I mean, that is, that's pride. That's also wrong, right? And that's God, that's, some, that's somebody God resists. Talking about not good. It's one thing for God to not talk to you. It's another thing for him to resist. You ever done something the Lord just didn't talk to you about it? You had an attitude and he just didn't talk to you about it? 
suddenly got real. Anybody? Oh, it's just me. I, something came. I had an attitude. It's just you, Pastor Greg. We don't have attitudes. Whatever y'all lying. I mean, you ever had an attitude and just the Lord just not talking to you about it? It suddenly gets real quiet on the other end of the phone. Hello? You're like the, the Verizon guy. Can you hear me? Or can you hear me now? I mean, what's happened? Or you hit a dead zone guy. What happened? No, he, he's gotten quiet. That's bad. How about him resisting you? Oh, grace, brother, grace. So grace, we, we're looking for grace. Well, we just love grace. Yeah, thank God for grace. God resisting you is, if, if, if brother Doug resists me, okay, that's not gonna be good. God resists me, that's a problem. When it comes to our, our interactions with people, are we living by faith? Are we letting pride get us? We come to church, are we letting pride affect us? The just shall live. What does that say? The just, the man or woman through faith is just and upright, shall live and shall live by faith. Faith is a, is a big deal. It's a big deal, living by faith. Not just knowing what it is, but living by faith. How many times did Jesus say, according to your faith, let it be unto you? Everything we get according to our faith. Now, so it's, well, let's say it this way. It's because of God's goodness, but it's also accessed by our faith. Right, we can we can grow in our ability to uh, yield to and to rely and live according to that. Amen. And so last week, you know, we talked a little bit about um, uh, some different examples of, of folks. We looked at Hebrews chapter eleven uh, and different ones. And really, my purpose for that last week was to um, uh, just kind of give us an insight. Like I said last week, you know, we a lot of times it's or it's easy, and I've been guilty of this to read this and think these are special people and. And they had some kind of special grace and special things that were upon their life that we don't have. You know, that's not the case. They're just like us. They're just like us. And so, um, and we do know this, that, that um, uh, God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for you, right? He, if he's done something for one person, he'll do it for you. So if there was something special there that they had uh, that we don't have, then there would be reason for us to think, well, they could do things we can't, but that's not the case. Right? That's not the case. He's the same with all of us. And so we read these things. And a lot of times, like I said, we, we read them as stories or these, uh, these unattainable things as though it gives us an excuse to not uh, to strive for the same thing. It gives us an excuse to live by what we see. If anybody had a reason to, 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 to live according to what they saw, it would have been Abraham. Been told to leave his family at 75 years old and move on. I mean, that he'd have a reason to not do that. Wouldn't you agree? Would you not agree? Yeah, I mean, he have a reason not to. All his family's there. He's never known. You know, today we move around a lot. You want to go get your shirt, you go to the mall, right? You get in the car. They didn't jump in the, in the car and go to the mall. I mean, most people lived there even just a few hundred years ago. People are a hundred years ago. People lived within just a few miles of where they were born, right? I mean, they didn't, they didn't move around a whole lot. That's why the railroad was a big deal. You could go across the country. Are you kidding me? It was a big deal, right? So even that much more back then, I mean, they didn't move around a whole lot to leave someplace he didn't even, to leave something he had always known. That took, that took a lot of trust. That's because well, Abraham was the father of our faith. It's because he chose to believe God. It wasn't that there was anything special. He chose to believe God. And the fact is he, he didn't have what you have. He didn't have the word. He didn't have these things revealed. You know, a lot of times our things that are a benefit to us, we can let them be a crutch if we're not careful. He didn't have any of this stuff. He just trusted God. 
right? He left everything. He moved away. He offered up his own son. I mean, as far as God was concerned, it was a done deal. He offered, think about that. He offered up his own son. Well, the Lord's asking me to give something up. Is he asking you to give up your son? Some of you like, I might like that idea. No, you don't like that idea. He, I'm sure I, there were times where he'd probably been more inclined, right? I was kidding. I'm a little giving Nate the evil eye. No, he's a great kid. But uh, there have been times I'm sure he was inclined with, with Isaac. But, you know, that, that, but in his heart, that, wasn't, that was not something that was just a flippant thing. Oh, yeah, we're going to go sacrifice my son. That required a lot of faith. So if the Lord asks you to, to, to do something or puts it on your heart to do something, I mean, you know, can you do that? Absolutely you can. Absolutely you can. Let's not make, give, give ourselves excuses of why we can't obey what the word says. You know, a lot of our problems, that's it right there. We give ourselves excuses of why it doesn't apply to us or why God's asking too much of us, right? It is not too difficult. It's not too difficult to walk in love. It's not too difficult to prefer your brother. It's not too difficult. Now, all of us are working on these things, myself included, but it's not too difficult. It, is, it would be improper to think it's just not possible. No, it's possible. It's a choice. Do, are you choosing to go that direction or choosing to stay where you are? Abraham chose to obey God. Even when it wasn't convenient, he did it. So any of these ones we read, Joseph, uh, uh, Moses, all the, it was to encourage us. Listen, wherever you are, you can do this. When people receive their dead raised to life, you can do this. You can believe God for your body. You can believe God for your finances. You can believe God for your family. You can trust God with your future. You can let go of your past. You can do all of those things if you make the decision to do it. He can't make it for you. He'll give you the power to do it, the power of salvation in that area. But what will you do with it? What will you do with it? And, uh, and so, you know, hopefully last week, uh, I've been talking a long time. Uh, hopefully that was an encouragement to you. But, um, uh, in first Corinthians chapter, chapter 10, we'll only go a few more minutes here then, and uh, we'll see, but he, first Corinthians, the, what did I say? 10, 10, first Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10, the 13th verse, it says, no temptation has overcome you. Everybody say, no temptation has overcome me. Yeah, this applies to each of us, right? No temptation has overcome you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will... uh, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Another translation says, come through it victoriously. So no temptation has overtaken you except which is common to man. This is one of the lies the enemy tries to do. What my situation is right now is different. It's special. It's in a special class of obstacle. It's in a special class of op- opposition. It's its own unique little problem you wouldn't understand. Has anybody ever been, been in that place where you thought that or, or gave into that lie? It is a lie to hold, hold you hostage where you are. So tonight, where, I'll just say this, where are you? If you have are areas in your life where you've had that excuse, well, this is, this is just my person. I've heard that a lot. I'm not looking at anybody. It's just my personality. I'm not looking at anybody, right? It's just my personality. How many times I've heard it's not my personality? Well, that's just not my personality, Right? 
Do you think there were different personalities in Hebrews chapter 11? Joseph, he had a coat of many colors. He's probably, whoo, I'm the coat of many colors, guys. There's all wild. What if he was real quiet? Do we know? Does the Bible say what his personality was? They may, they may know something I don't know. I'm asking, does it say? I don't think it says anything about it. Why? It doesn't matter. Was Abraham a real, was he a, just a kind of real uh, sullen person? I don't know. Doesn't matter. I'm not saying you can't be you, but those things don't dictate what you do. And if it causes interference with what you're supposed to do, then you change it because nothing's more important than what the word says. Nothing's more important than the leading of the spirit. I don't care how precious your personality is to it. You change it if it doesn't line up or make or aid you in moving forward. Right? Well, that's just not, it's just not my thing. Well, what is your, something's your thing and it's your thing because you chose it to be your thing. Right? There's this temptation that's out there, this, this, this tendency to say, well, my situation is different. Uh, the New Living says, um, the temptation in your life, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experienced. And God is faithful. Aren't you glad to know God is faithful? God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Now, let me just say this. We read the word temptation. We think about sin or something, right? The temptation to trust in something else is, is the same thing. It's a temptation. You have to see that for what it is. Tests and trials are temptations to trust something else. It's, it's an opportunity to trust in something. It's a, it's a tem, there's a temptation to look elsewhere for your answer. But that's not what righteous people do. I said, that's not what righteous people do. Notice this is a description of, what, of who righteous people are. They're those who don't let these, they're not, they, they choose to live by faith. They don't respond to the temptation to live by something else. That's what righteous people do. So that's what righteous people do, right? And so in our, in our lives, if there's areas or things we're facing where we are tempted and responding to a temptation to do something else, then we're not living as righteous people in that area. Oh, there's grace, pastor. Yeah, there's grace. There's grace to help you to change into into to 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 repent of things and to make adjustments there's grace there right it's so easy to just make excuses I said it's so easy to make excuses the message says no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face all you need to remember is that god will never let you down i'm going to read that again no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. Have had to face. Have had to face. Have had to face. That is past tense. Others have had to face the same things. All you need to remember. So how, 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 do, we, how do we answer these temptations? Remember something. What did it say of Sarah? That she received strength to conceive when she was past the age because she what? Judged or considered, right? She thought of something. 
All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. That's all you have to remember. God will never let you down. Hebrews says in, in, verse, in chapter 13 that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it for them, he'll do the same thing for you. If Abraham refused to let uh, uh, the king of of Sodom make him rich, if he refused to do that and said, uh, he said, listen, my heart is, no one's going to say that man made me rich, God made me rich. If he believed and trusted that God was able to make him who God said he would be, don't you think Abraham was tempted or Abram was tempted to take that money? He had already heard God say, I'll make you a prosperous nation. Do you think he had the opportunity to say, ah, prosperous nation. I remember that word. There's my chance to get prosperous. Think about that. He had an opportunity to get to receive something that would have confirmed a word that God had given him in the past. How many times have we been there when something, there's been a word or something in our life or a promise and an opportunity comes and we think that opportunity is our answer instead of checking with the Lord and checking our heart, checking what the word says, we just jump on it thinking that's our answer to what something God has said. We filled the blank with our own, right? That's not living by faith. He was smart enough. There must have been a check on the inside. Surely somebody gave Abraham something along the way. Surely somebody blessed him somewhere along the way. I mean, that had to have happened. But this particular case, this particular opportunity, this was not his answer. A person who's living by faith, a person who's not living by faith or living by, by what they see, they may have a word from the Lord, but then they're, they're just, they're looking, Hey, that fits. I'm going to jump on that. You can jump on something and hit your wagon to something that may not actually be your answer. There was something in Abram that, that responded quick enough. He was used to following this, the, the witness of the spirit and he didn't have scripture and verse or things, but he was used to following his heart. And he had grown accustomed to doing that. He had grown from faith to faith to faith. When this opportunity came, because he knew that leading, he knew God's voice, he knew that's not my answer. What would have happened if Abram had taken that money from him? I don't know. Neither do you. It might have gotten him off course for the rest of his life. It might have completely derailed him by accepting something that he wasn't supposed to accept. That's what I'm talking about. The just shall live by faith. We judge everything according to what the scripture says and the leading of the spirit. We know that the spirit will not advise us against the word. We know that's to be the case, but we've got to stay open and check. What does the word say? What does the Holy Spirit saying to us? Making sure we're hearing correctly and then respond to that endeavor before the pressure is there to respond to that. Something may be required of you that you don't feel comfortable with. You need to follow the spirit. Something else may be tried to add it or might be, uh, might, there might be a, 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 an attempt to add something to your life that seems great. It could also be wrong. It's, it's responding to what we believe is being led or living by faith. That's how he, these folks got this testimony. It wasn't just on the bad things. It was even things that were possible blessings. See, here's the thing, if, if and we'll, we'll stop, I've talked long enough, but here's the thing, if we get accustomed to living our life, the just shall live by faith and not by sight. If we allow ourselves to, and I'm not saying we get weird, right? I need to pray, and what color shoes should I wear today? No, okay, unless the Lord tells you something different, wear whatever you want to wear, right? I say that because people get weird, 
There was a guy at Rama that, that we knew and that I knew. And to be honest, I didn't know him well because he, he scared me a little bit. Not scared. He was just, he was a little odd. Let's say it that way. And he couldn't do anything without getting permission from the Lord to do it. He couldn't do any, I'm literally, he could not do anything. He was one of the most miserable people, confused people I've ever seen before. Can't let weird thinking just take over your life. Now, if the Lord tells you to go pray, go pray, but he's okay with you playing 30 minutes of video games once a week if you want to. Unless he tells you otherwise. Has he told you not to do that? Well, no, then, then don't let it stress you out. It's okay to have fun. Right? What was I saying before that? I don't remember, but uh, how many times have I said that tonight? I have no idea. I'm just spraying stuff out there. Y'all get what you can get, and you're dismissed. No, uh, uh, but it, it's easy to, to, yeah, it's easy to go extreme on things. It's easy to be extreme on stuff. But we have to be developed. We're in, we are in, let's be honest, we're in a habit of doing things based on all kinds of other deals instead of checking with God. Well, if I don't take this opportunity, I might miss it. It's got to be God. It's so good. It could be terrible, right? It could ruin you. You need to make sure that you're being led. You need to make sure you're, you're being led. You're living by faith. And it's not just a cop-out or a quick fix of something you say you're believing for, right? Learning to live by faith. If these folks could have done it, you can do it as well. I said, if these folks could have did it, they did it. We know that they did you can do it as well. And listen, your mistakes don't disqualify you. Moses was a mess, y'all. Moses was a mess. Moses still delivered his people, right? Moses couldn't talk straight. Moses still spoke to Pharaoh, right? So you can do what things he's asking you to do. You can do them. You can be who God's called you to be. You can have the influence God's called you to have. It's a decision. Are you making, will you, in, in areas, I believe, I believe this, because I just got to know how the Lord is. There'll be things he'll start pointing out in your life. Maybe even as we're talking, there's stuff, he's just like, well, Holy Spirit, like, hey, over here, look at this. Anybody having the Holy Spirit do that to you? Hey, look, remember that spot? Remember those cobwebs in the corner over there? Yeah, don't you get those cleaned up, right? There might be an area where he gets your attention or maybe you have opportunities or exposes something. You have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Dealing with your kids, you got a choice to make. We all have choices to make. Don't let your bad choices yesterday have you make bad choices tomorrow. You make a choice to live by faith. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.